Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. You mean shenanigans? No! Oh. You're about shenanigans, right? While Jesse finishes up his thing before the intro, I'm going to read a page out of my storybook. Not a page, but a quote. I'm done. And for the quote is, Oh my God, did you just throw up on my dick? Did you just vomit on my fucking dick? Yes, Tucker. Yes, she did. This is the book I'm reading, and it's really helping me combine my spirituality with myself. There's a lot of dick sucking, and it just gives me a bunch of pointers on how to live a fulfilling single life with a bunch of women. And yeah. And that's the good tip before Jesse goes. What? Jesse, take it away. Take it away. Take it away. Uh, well, there was... I, I couldn't think of something to say right off the top of my... Welcome to... Hey, it's punk ass. And Random Heroes. Cheeky shenanigans. So fuck a little of shenanigans going on around here. Yes, there is. My name is Jesse, also known as Random Hero. <sighs> I am Nick Carter, a.k.a. Punk ass, because I love Jesse. <laughs> that makes him a punk ass, I guess. Yep. Uh, this is a very special episode. We've been working on this one for like a year now, and we finally got Almost everything all set up. Yeah. And uh, we have Adam Ray on as our guest, which is finally incredible. He he was great on the show. He's very accommodating, very nice uh, to me, and very short with Nick, which is exactly what we want. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he made fun of me, which is just great. He uh, got onto the dynamic yeah. real fast. Yeah. I mean, by the end of this interview, you literally hear him saying, shut up, Nick, which seems to be something everyone says when they do this show or meet you. I love it. You know, in the beginning of this, I, I had a very stalkerish vibe with Adam because I had to keep asking him to do it and then he would call it off because he's busy so I'd have to hit him like a few weeks later and then like a month later and then it just kept going for like almost a year like you said and I started feeling like should I keep doing this but I was persistent and he did it with open arms and didn't give us any shit about it so follow your dreams yeah follow yeah. your wet dreams into a lovely lovely life and um yeah, I mean, you're persistent. You wore him down just like you have with any woman who's ever dated you. Oh, yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> you know what? That goes both ways. Fuck you. Yeah, All right. Uh, duly noted and disregarded. Yeah, that's it. Um, no, Adam was great. And uh, following this interview, towards the end, he kind of had an idea where we may try to actually set this up uh, to set up a show with him headlining a set at Tony V's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that he said he'd want us to, you know, come up and be a part of that. So. We, we may try to work that out with him uh, following this episode. And the funny thing is, I would open up. I'd probably be the first opener, Jesse, and then Adam Ray. The funny thing is, I've never done stand-up yet. So it'd be hilarious me bombing on my first set ever opening up for Adam Ray. But you see, now when he sees this episode and hears that yeah. admission, he's, he's going to be like, yeah, maybe we don't want Nick. Or, or maybe he'd be like, oh, this is really going to be a bombshell. I want to watch this. Like, or, we'll let him do it. Or maybe he'll insist that you go after him. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. That would be so worse. <laughs> it, was, it was cool because he, he did give me props and I didn't really think of it this way at the time because when, when we did that night with him, uh, he went up, he did about 20, 25 minutes based on some hecklers also kind of delaying his time slot a bit. Yeah. Um, he absolutely killed it. It was great, but it was, I mean, even then it was only like my fifth or sixth time ever doing stand up, and I had to go up right after him. 
And uh, he, he did give some props for that. I think it was in part of the interview that we had to cut for audio issues. Yeah, you were um, sweating bullets. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, it was cool. And that, you know, as, as we talk about in his journey of stand-up, that kind of gets you the respect of your your peers in a way. And so. Yeah, he's he knows a lot of people. Like he was saying, you know, Sandra Bullock and... Ah, that one lady. I forget her name, but she's funny. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Because yeah. they were in Heat, and he did Heat with them. Yes. Um, Gary Payton. Like he Gary said, Payton, yeah. He met uh, Jamie Foxx. Oh, man, yeah. Bobby Lee, fucking, freaking Joe Rogan. He, he, he had talks Bob, about a lot of them. Bob Saget over at his house. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, the whole thing was insane, but he couldn't have been more down to earth and just, like, chill with us. Uh, so we're really happy we got to do this interview and we're really happy it turned out this well. Yeah. There are a couple audio issues still, I would say it could be an internet connection thing, but overall, I think that it turned out pretty good quality too. Yeah. See, the problem is we usually have guests over here, but we're trying this new program where we can have people video in. So it's a lot easier to get them to do it since they live so far away. So we have been having a little technical difficulties i think with the internet connection slowing down the visual effects and sometimes audio but other yeah. than that it's only like maybe like five seconds and then it gets better you know yeah yeah and it's definitely leaps and bounds ahead of where it was when we first started this season with uh christian yeah. and then even with sierra there was still some you know audio things that have gone on so it's been a process and um that's what this season's all about is trying to really expand who we can have on the show and uh, give people a chance to, you know, come come do this show from anywhere in the country or the world. Yeah, yeah. Which is great during coronavirus because Woo! if he had planned to come here, he wouldn't have been coming here now still. Well, what do you mean? Like, originally... He wanted to come in, the, like, the end of April. Yeah, which is most likely probably not going to happen with everything going on yeah. right now. Yeah, so I did my uh, uh, stalkerish thing again. I was like, hey... Why don't you do the video thing instead since the coronavirus is here? He's like, all right. And yeah. then technically we were supposed to do it last night. We had some hiccups, and but today's better because he did it for longer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, almost a whole hour, which is a lot more than we thought we were going to get. And uh, just just a great guy, super funny. Um, and you just hear a lot of the inner workings of someone who's done some really great things with TV work and stand-up and all that. To really get to hear kind of his journey and his process, it was really cool, I He's thought. He's fucking hilarious the whole time, yep. and you should really enjoy it, and really watch all of it. So with no more adieu. Yeah. Adieu. He, adieu. Shut up, Nick. Adieu. <laughs> Adukin. Adukin. With no more Adukin. Adukin. Here's our interview with Adam Ray. Enjoy. A- Adam Ray. And pop. It was great to see it. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was insane. I, that was one of the first times I'd seen um, I mean, I'd never seen a car flip like that. It was definitely like Fast and Furious, out of the movies type thing, like a cinematic car. And then to land in the directly, I mean, it was like. Also, it, it kind of bobbed and weaved through the other cars that were speeding down the uh, the freeway to not to not you know run into another car. So that was crazy. Wow! Wow! And yeah. and I, we know that he's departed ALN, but you know yeah. we've both been listening for a while now, pretty much ever since oh, I learned you exist. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks, bud. Like, and I always wanted to know, as someone who also does comedy and a podcast, like, do you ever yeah. try out material or develop material on the podcast, podcast? that you then try on oh, stage yeah. or vice versa? Or? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that was to me. I always would tell Brad that because uh, you know I would a I'd make a list of of things to um, you know to that, that we wanted to talk about when there were podcasts that were just Brad and I, and um, and then we kind of we would do it. I could tell when we would bring things up when it was again just him and I, and we needed to you know we could literally have nothing written down or two things, but we would kind of, we'd always make a map for the guest. And then we either hit a lot of the questions or we wouldn't mm. depending on who they were and how, how well we knew them. Or if the conversation just flowed so organically, we didn't even hit stuff on it or the questions, you know, popped up, um, in the moment because we were so, you know, uh, engaged, but you know, Brad and I, uh, uh back and forth that, um, we could have one, thing written down to talk about and we, it, that would spawn off nine different topics you know i think we both at least bits in because we knew we were good yes andrews we knew for the sake of comedy and, and for the podcast that we would want to you know uh tag or or add on to whatever we were discussing and then i think we started to like mention it where if afterwards i'd be like that you should that's there's something there and he'd vice versa do it for me and then i think we both just actively were doing it where it's like there were things that we were thinking about um, throughout the week and it was just he and I like what better opportunity to, to do that. And, you know, you obviously want to, you got to though mask it in that. It's still just, you know, um, fun dialogue you're having yeah. with your buddy so that, you know, if you're truly bringing it up in a way that's like, people are like, all right, these guys are just working bits on each other. I mean, look, I think people also would probably enjoy that um, part of it, but um, you know, I used to do that when I first, did open mics. I was hosting this radio show and I, I went to acting school at USC and, and I weaseled my way into the radio station and lied about all this radio experience. <laughs> so they would give me a, because uh, they wanted you to intern for like eight months before you got a show. And it was all student run and there were no comedy shows. And I was like, this place on the internet, like my friends in Seattle can listen. And it was, uh, I think like, you know, 90 AM in, in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, I, I, you know, weaseled my way into the midnight to 2 AM slot on Sunday night. And I was like this British character that was new to, new to the States. And, and I would, you know, work out any sort of joke type, uh, shit that I had, I would make this list and I would just kind of talk it out on air. And, uh, and it was a great tool for that. And then I wouldn't screen calls. That's ultimately what got me in trouble because I'd have friends <laughs> calling dr drunk from their frat bed. All right, we're going to now go to uh, uh, John Robeson, who's calling from Sigma Chi uh, right now in, uh, in, in, uh, in the uh, University of Washington. John, you're on right now with Miles Bonfather. Go ahead. And he'd be like, man, I'm fucked up, dude. There's so much pussy. There's so much pussy in this house right now. Don't swim in it, dude. You fucking, I need to borrow some swim trunks, dog. And I'm like, all right, that's all from John Robeson calling from Sigma Chi. Sounds like they're having a little bit too much fun of that. And, uh, you know, eventually the, uh, the students, by the way, that ran the studio were like, dude, you can't, like, it's too much. And it sucked because it was a, you know, it was such a, a, a missed opportunity to not have a comedy show on the, yeah. the college radio station. But, um, you know, it was six weeks. I'll never forget it. But again, it was I definitely think I, I used that later in life with the pod to try to. And you want to do the radio is, uh, you know, it's, it's I try to challenge myself to not do bits on radio. Mm. Uh, sometimes, though, man, the people like there's a. Uh, a show uh, KUPD uh, in Arizona that's kind of like the stern of of, of, of Phoenix, and they have a huge audience. Anytime you do shows in Arizona, if you can get on 
on the show. It's killer. I've gotten to be good friends with them. It's a big celebrity um, uh, charity show that they did at the uh, uh, at the I'm sorry at the Celebrity Theater, which is like a three thousand seat theater. Uh, in December, it was me and Frank Caliendo and Brian Cowan, and then Chris D'Elia was in town visiting his nice. girl's family, so he surprised and came on. I helped him kind of oh, orchestrate surprising Cowan on, on stage. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was. Uh, that was really cool. But so those guys put that together. But they when you go on their show, it's like I don't plan shit because it's just like a free fall. If you're good mm-hmm. at riffing and, and pushing the envelope, then then they're gonna set you up to win. But there are some shows where you're like, I'm like I'm I'm getting nothing from the other side and uh and <laughs> you, I need to um Do you still get like star starstruck at all? Like being around all these different comedians or actors? I mean, I don't know, man. It's um because I feel like you're like all, in the group now, so you're like it's normalized. Yeah, you're to you. you're there, you're in. Yeah, I mean, it's like I think having people on. Uh, I mean, shit. Like when Bob Saget first came to my apartment when we did the podcast out of there, that was crazy. When interviewing Gary Payton at a weed shop, you know, uh, yeah. six months ago, that, that was, was a great episode. I'll be yeah. honest, starstruck. Oh, thanks, man. Starstruck for that one for sure. But also, I'd met Gary at the Celebrity All Star Game and. You know, honestly, man, it's – yeah, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate to have enough cool things happen. I was very starstruck when I met Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy, and that yeah, was kind of the crazy, first man. thing that made me – that made me step back and go, all right, I'm I'm uh, on a different path now, hopefully. But then, again, once you get to know people at that level, man, they, they are just brought back down to earth. And, Interesting. you know, you want – you and you're – it's also an attestment to them. Like they were so uh, – you know, they went out of their way to just – be i don't know man they were just so cool so i mean yeah. it's maybe i've just been fortunate to, to run to people like that that but yeah i mean a lot of people like like chris who i you know pretty much started with and 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 then getting to know guys like you know if you talking about the big dudes even rogan now yeah starstruck yeah. when i first was around him at the clubs but now you know every time he sees me he knows my name high five we'll chat for five ten minutes about whatever and then we're on the same lineup so it's like yeah. um yeah. you know i was starstruck when i met joel McHale. I was such a fan of the soup and and almost live the sketch show that he was on that was in Seattle you oh, know in the nineties yeah so and now to be be homies with him was is pretty cool but it, so it happens here and there I mean um, you know being when Brad and I were in the NBA celebrity also game actually like meeting Shaq was crazy Guy Fieri we took tequila shots with after the game that was kind of crazy <laughs> we're sitting there in the hotel lobby um, with my girlfriend and Brad and and my two buddies from Seattle that came out and. Uh, and Jamie Foxx just walked through the lobby. And one of my buddies who's just, you know, married, kids with three kids, like, you know, it's just it's just all shit to him to even when he's been in certain situations that I've uh, put him in. So Jamie Foxx walks by and he just goes, holy shit, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it cool, and man. <laughs> yeah. And then Jamie Foxx like, what's up? And he just came over and he started talking to us. And my buddy was wearing this cool Sonics uh, hat and shirt because we had just gone to the um, – all-star Saturday night and they put oh. us, you know, cause Brad and I played. So they gave us seats for the game and the uh, three point dunk contest and our seats were right behind the bench. So if you watch the dunk contest, my buddies, uh, Colin and Anthony were wearing Sonics gear. And, uh, there was a, a member of the, the OKC thunder that was in the contest. So every time they cut him on the bench, my buddies were right behind him in Sonics gear. So they were getting blown up on Twitter. <laughs> oh, and like, look at these two guys. Look at these two Sonics guys trolling the, uh, the thunder, you know? Um, <laughs> But yeah, man, I mean, you know, it's no, because again, it's, and it's just what reps and being in it. And, and once you are on enough shows and you've done, I mean, look, everyone wants respect from their peers, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of 
you know, you want that group of fans that's with you and going to continue to provide you to, you know, with opportunities to like do cool shit. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, like getting on like Joey Diaz had me on his podcast a little bit ago and, and we were doing a show in the main room of the comedy store and Joey and I have known each other for, again, probably, you know, close to 10 years. He's seen, you know, since I started and did he make you smoke weed? A, a, <laughs> oh, I've, oh, dude, I didn't do a death star though. Cause I would probably not be here. You're right, oh. but like that guy, <laughs> no. that guy is just—he can consume pot on a on a on a different level. But he yeah. brought up this thing about how how uh, uh, you know I went, I came in um, to 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 the green room and Joey came in and Burr popped in and Bill Burr was going to go on next. So then it would have been me, and then I was bringing up Joey and Joey was like Adam Ray, do you want to go? Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to go to Burr? Do you not? Do you want to follow Burr? Or do you want me to go? And I was like, no, man, I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to go next. I'll follow him, you know? And again, having done enough shit, like we were talking about earlier and following comics that you didn't think you were ready for and you weren't ready for, but you just kind of, you know, welcomed the challenge and, and stepped up. And uh, I, it didn't even bat an eye. I was just like, no, I'll fucking, I want to, I'll ride that energy and I know what I can do. And, and this is my home club and, and uh, it'll be great. And, and uh, I, I just not doing it was not even an option. And yeah. Joe was like, all right, all right, good, good fucking answer. And then, you know, I did my thing. It was a fucking killer set. And then I j- brought up Joey and it was like just this boom, boom, boom of just fucking, you know, the crowd was hot. And yeah. Joey brought it up on Rogan's podcast. And then and then he had me on. He hit me up the next week and was like, you got to come on. I want to talk about that. And and then that yeah. was a cool moment. And, and he told me, he told Rogan about it. And Rogan was like, yeah, fucking Adam raised the shit. And then so that was like a thing where I was like, God damn, Rogan. But, you know, so there's all those things that that are always like. You know, you, you need like these little victories and little validations as you go through because you're just when you're just putting your fucking head down and just grinding away, mm-hmm. you uh, you kind of get lost in like where it is that you're even wanting to get to and and how you're getting there because if you don't enjoy any of it, then it's like what's the point of even doing it? You don't go one day and be like, oh, fuck it, I'm doing. <laughs> you know, Square, sorry, I got the virus. Do a Madison Square Garden and uh, and not even have you know enjoyed the um, the struggle to get there, but. You know, yeah. it's I still do to answer your question, it was a long winded answer, but yeah, no, I still totally fine, dude. I still do, you know I mean I reposted a tweet, um Michael Rapport's a, a homie of mine and he posted some of them and I commented and retweeted it and fucking John Cusack did it. So then I followed John Cusack and I was like, God, wow. should I fucking send him a message right now? It's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> <laughs> do that only because three months when Gwyneth Powell with the United scented candles, um, I I posted on Instagram and made a joke, being like, "I was like, oh well, somebody, some dude should definitely follow, follow suit and jump on the bandwagon." And I was like, "What guy would do actually you know, make a, a killing?" And I was like, "Oh, the Rock would probably make a ball candle and people would right. buy it." Yeah, just I made this post that tagged the Rock. Next thing you know, I start getting blown up on Instagram by people being like, "How the fuck do you know the Rock?" And I'm talking about everybody knows the Rock. Everybody, I remember seeing that. Seen, yeah, I've seen the Tooth Fairy ten times in theaters, and uh, <laughs> it's a good movie. And so I, like movie. I look at my Greg, uh, and uh, and I go, especially on my Instagram, and I look at the comments, and the Rock commented below, and he was like, "Brother, I've been trying to get this for years." <laughs> you know, like I've been trying to. Make all, he just, I mean, you have to go back and look at the comment, and then I'm like, "Holy!" And and then I look at my thing, and then he followed me. Yeah, and like 300 people, and he's got like I mean 415 million followers. 
So then I'm like, my God, I mean, I put up, make sure you got a stand up clip right away on your feed. So if he looks at your shit, he can see that. And he loves comedy. Like he retweeted Ron Funches and told me that he's had dialogue with him through Twitter. Yeah. So that I geeked out hard for immediately, you know, overly fucking eager, shot him a message. Was like, Everyone want to do the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that was not unlike how we got you, you know, ultimately, that's kind of what we did was I had talked to you that yeah, night you, after the show. Yeah, and then we were just yeah. like, hey, would you ever want to come do this? And six months later, Nick, not respecting any boundaries. Yeah, here I, you so, are. Sorry, man. I had to, <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> hey, dude, but you got to stay active. It's booking podcast guests is a, is a nightmare. And it's like, it's only on you. And like, we were going to do it. But yeah, man, it's like timing is everything. And it's. You just have to stay on people and and. Well, I felt weird after right a little while. I was like, "Fuck, man, I'm just gonna keep doing it, and, and hopefully he does it." That's how he gets girlfriends yeah. too. Yeah. Well, what, what's it? Yeah, yeah. How's what was that? How's that worked out with the girlfriends? Uh, it's uh, it's <laughs> I've been used and abused, and now I'm single. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, he's been having a all bit right, of a rough go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've always right, wanted to tell you one fish. thing. Now that I've really come become familiar with your voice on your podcast and your stand-up sets, yeah. number one, um, you sound like H. John Benjamin on Prozac, which I love his voice work, so it's always a treat to listen to you. Oh, and- man. <laughs> Wait, that's Archer, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, man, I've got that. Need a, I don't have a reference for that. <laughs> That's exactly it. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Fucking perfect. Um, but I also That's wanted amazing. to know, like, because you mentioned that you consider a lot of these more famous people like your peers now, which is accurate. But I was yeah. wondering, it was there a moment, whether in comedy or on the podcast or whatever, when you suddenly viewed them as peers instead of like as a tier above you or something like that? You know, was there that moment for you where you're like, yeah, OK, now I'm part of this group or something? Yeah, good one. That's a nice one. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, like you guys right now, your peers, you can tell that you're actual friends. <laughs> Occasionally, even though, yeah, it's cold. Even, though I can, even though I can barely see Nick's face on the screen, so I don't know if that was strategic on your part, being it like, is. dude, once you are really part of the show, there you go, dude. There we go. Yeah. Sorry, Fucking, you got to know where the camera is, dude. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, man, it's, you know, you again, like, just doing it and not uh, – not making time. I mean, truly not having a plan B that it's going to take away from your plan A and, and uh, being willing to sacrifice friendships and relationships and, and social life. And just, you know, the amount of times that I've stayed late at a comedy club and found myself in a circle with people that I hadn't really uh, chummed it up with before. And now I've had that. So now next time I go to the club, it's even cooler. Like, you know, um, even just, you know, I've just started becoming, uh, become kind of chummy with Ken Jong just from being on a bunch of shows with him and going out of my way to chum it up with him. And him, I think, look, again, someone sees you do your thing and they mm-hmm. dig you. That is like, then that's an equalizer. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's always cool. Um, but, uh, like, you know, I, I went on tour with Dane Cook this past year and I was there. I'd slowly kind of gotten to know, oh, yeah, yeah, Paramount was dope and, yeah. and slowly gotten to become friends with him. And that was, one of those things where I remember specifically because the Laugh Factory, man, I signed up for open mics there way back when you do three minutes and you come back like five months later and mm. try to do another three minutes. And then I, you know, uh, got a couple guest spots on shows and then would go by myself a lot to watch uh, Dane and other guys when, when Dane was on the uprise. And um, 
and uh, just being around the club and like kind of starting to commit to, to being in that world. And, uh, and I remember it was such a big deal when I started to kind of get to know Danny, he started to know my name when I'd get on shows with him. And then finally I would always go earlier in the lineup and he would go towards the end and close it out. And so I remember the first time he, I was before him and then he was going to be after me. I was like, all right, well, there's a chance he's going to see me. And it was great. And I did my thing and, and he not only gave me props right before he went up, <clears throat> but then did it on stage. And yeah. that was such a cool moment. Cause again, it's like, you go, Oh, cool. Now. And then guess what? After that, we'd already kind of started to develop a little rapport, but again, it's like once somebody respects you and sees you doing your thing and goes, all right, like it makes you're that much more appealing to, to, uh, to someone, which is yeah. just how it is. But, uh, um, so yeah, I think it's, it, th- that matters. Uh, but I also think dude, like when people can recognize in you that you're as Nick Swartzen has said a lot, like just a member of the tribe and like, it, you know, um, putting in the time and the work and, and that you've gone through the grind of what stand up requires yeah. when, when you can, you know, um, understand that someone's done that there's a respect, uh, level there for sure. That's gotta be first and foremost. And then, yeah, being funny and not being a piece of shit, being, <laughs> you know, somewhat social. And like, even if you're not like putting yourselves in these situations to be, be out of your comfort zone and then like, don't take yourself too seriously. Be able to like hang with anybody. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a true, time, it's a true yeah. community, you know? So yeah. it's, but it, you know, unfortunately all that stuff does matter. It's like, and not that you need to be the fucking life of the party, wherever you go. And the person in your group that, that is always the funniest, but like, Hey man, you want to be likable. And that, that goes a long way. And that's, people see that and they get a, a taste of that and they want to invite you to this thing and they want you to do this or, yeah. Hey, you're, you're, you're pretty funny, but I like you a lot. So, so come do the show with me. Cause it'll be a fun drive to go do this. Like all that yeah. stuff matters. So, um, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that answered your question. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just cool to hear the process too, because yeah. You know, with so many of these other comedians, I, I'm only speaking for myself here, but it, it's hard to sometimes feel a kinship or a connection to them because you think, oh, well, they started some, you know, over in New York where I can't even imagine what it's like to do clubs there. But a guy like you literally came from like the same side of the same state as us, you know, you much of the same things that have gone on, you know, we're roughly the same age and all that, you know, you're someone that we could easily relate to as well. And along with you doing so much crowd work in your set, like that just makes you like super easy to relate to and kind of, you know, want to follow more. And that's, that's one reason why we wanted to get you on so much. Yeah. You can handle hecklers really well. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that when you said you started to kind of look stuff up and, and see that that was kind of like, you know, a, a part of my thing, it, you know, it's Harlan Williams, you know, I was just talking to him the other day and, and he, uh, to me, he was like the goat of crowd work. He's, mm-hmm. and when I, when the first time I hung out with him, it was hosting for him at laughs comedy club when it was in Kirkland. And, you know, he's just one of my, was one of my favorites. And I hit up Dave. I was like, you gotta come up by myself. You gotta let me host that weekend. I want to, I want to be able to kick it with Harlan and, and talk comedy with him. And I know that I'll, I'll stay there late and we'll drink. We'll hang Whatever. That's what happened every night. We became buds after that. And that's, uh, you know, again, like something that I think you got to always be thinking of, like to put yourself in positions like that to uh, to soak up experiences, but um, and get better. You know, I just got better just from being around him and hanging with him and talking comedy. And and um, and then, you know, open for him on a, a handful of dates after that. So it would like prove to be like a worthwhile hang. But yeah, but he said he was always afraid of doing it. And he wasn't listening when he would like have interactions with people. And uh-huh. that truly is a big part of it. It's like, 
trusting yourself to that you can make a moment funny. But really, you know, when I first started, somebody would say something and I in my head just be like, man, you got to come up with something funny. There's too much silence. I and I wasn't listening. Where I think you're starting to heckle and the wife said her husband just died, I think, and it threw you off. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. But was that hard? And then, and like- here's, well, here's the thing. And I want to stop you. Like, it didn't throw me off. It, it, what I did was I played the moment, really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, I knew I was going to be able to get through that. But yeah, that's obviously like a fucking curveball when you're yeah. saying, how's your, how's your holidays going? And she goes, bah humbug. And I was like, oh, what's got you down in the dump so, so uh, yeah. this early on? And she's like, well, my husband just died. I'm on a widow of four. And then I just kind of took a beat and was like, fuck, all right. Yeah. And then people started laughing. And it was like, again, like I, I – and even at that point, that was probably five, six years ago. I wasn't as savvy as I, I think I am now. But like I also knew it took me – had I not had so many reps of it not going well mm-hmm. and having things like that, not with the, somebody who just brings up a death yeah. <laughs> out, of, out of nowhere, but enough times where I you know, dug too much or rolled the dice and got kind of fun in, but then pressed too much and then it got weird or or didn't do it enough. You just get enough of those reps to where you go, all right, I think I know how to uh, navigate through this. And I felt, I was like, all right, whatever happens next, like I just, I get, you know, you got to play the moment real and be, yeah, yeah. people respect that too. If I had kind of been like, Jesus Christ, fucking what, like, and been out of the gate kind of abrasive, people would have uh-huh. been like, dude, like chill, but people could tell that I was throw- people could tell that I that that was like you know a lot of information to take in. Yeah, and I played a reel, and then I made a joke, and then I started kind of working through it with her. And then what was funny is what I've learned is when you keep the audience on your side, you do have jurisdiction to kind of slam them later if you need to, because then you see in that clip like I kind of really am playing the uh, the the empathy card and yeah and being like oh you're gonna find people there's more guys in the out there and you just gotta keep it and then she started to talk over me and I was like hey fucking shut the fuck up you had your time you had it you're by yourself this yeah. might have something to do with it you know and uh, you know see so. that's fucking good man I don't know how you <laughs> you gotta ask him our yeah good but again questions. it's just all it's just all reps dude I mean it's like you just got it like again it's now I feel like there's truly nothing I can't handle and I'm about to post a clip actually right now on my Instagram you know I do I and I when I uh, headline on the road I'll, I'll sometimes bring a keyboard guy or a guitar guy mm-hmm. and basically do the crowd work stuff but in musical form right where we're making up Ooh. songs off the audience and um, you got t- there's a handful of clips uh, again if you type in there's one I just did from helium in Portland a few months ago but it's pretty fucking killer and, uh, and but this one I'm gonna post right now the music is it's great. This girl was just drunk, screaming shit out. Yeah. And then started talking with the guy again through song. So we're asking about, you know, you have, have a lot more room to get away with shit when it's through song, because the, if the crowd's into it, as they usually are, like it's tougher for people to really come back at you. But this woman uh, was getting real combative. And then we started <laughs> harmonizing this beautiful harmony to the dude about how much about how much she costs for the night. Yeah. And the whole crowd's kind of whole crowd's kind of in and uh yeah, it was it was pretty great. But again, dude, it's all listening and it's all just enough like anything, enough times of doing something poorly to where you just hopefully go, fuck man, I saw that. Now if I see that again, I'll hopefully know how to remember and be a little more confident to like mm-hmm. do it better next time. And that's and that's why stand up is so great. There's no replacement for the work. Like if you don't actually aren't getting up enough to do that. I mean, dude, as many, you know, I think about all the positive crowd work times at this point, but I also do not forget like the times where I made shit real weird by 
by getting personal or not keeping it funny or getting too quick, uh, getting too quick into something. Yeah. Just not, and just not, and losing my cool, dude. I haven't done it in a long time, but dude, I mean, there's, there's a time in Reno, I got into it with these Trump supporters to where when they walked out and the guy hit me in the back of the head, it was probably an 80 year old couple. And the guy, they looked like they were in their fifties, but they were 80, which, you know, came up in the show. And, <laughs> and again, I kept trying to kill it with kindness. And then I should have just ignored them because you yeah. always have a choice. But I doubled down and then they, it got weird. And then the whole show was weird and I kind of <laughs> saved it. And on the way out, people were like, people were probably like, sorry about those guys. And that's all they were fucking like leaving the show with. Yeah. And the guy hit me in the back of my head. And I literally said, like, rotten hell, you and your fat fucking wife. I said something, like, really. <laughs> dude, it was like, it oh, was wow. like, and I, I was I was so, like, upset for a good, you know, two days. Because yeah. I was like, oh, that was not, you're, you're better than that. Like, my buddy who was opening for me was like, you did, you handled that perfectly. They were assholes. I'm like, no, nah, I didn't handle it perfectly, man. I That's how an amateur would handle it. Like, better than that. And I, uh, so I, I'll, you know, I'm glad that I went through that though, man, because it was like, I've had moments since then where there were opportunities to rule, you know, whether you've just given someone chances and they, uh, they don't want to take the hints where you're like talking to them to use them to go back into the bit yeah. or go back to them and try to kill it with kindness. There've been times where I'm just like, dude, I don't have any more chances in me. And, uh, <laughs> and then, but then I still try to, you know, again, either ignore it, use it, uh, or uh, hopefully the staff is doing their job and we'll just kind of take care of it for you. But I, they always ask me, they're like, we know what you like to do. Like you give us a signal. Cause only a few times have I been like right out of the gate, been like, you gotta go, you know, which yeah. I know a lot of comics do, but you know, I think it's made me a better comic. And, and again, knowing how much you can actually get from a moment like that and how much more the crowd like digs you as a comic, if you can pull it off, I think is a, a cool thing to have in your pinky, you know? Now, Jesse wants me to ask a question that we usually ask all of our guests. Every single guest. Yeah. yeah. It's a uh, a cheeky shenanigan question. It is, do you have like a most memorable uh, embarrassing sex story that you kept inside and you've always wanted to tell it (laughs) to the world? We've told multiple versions of our own many times. We can share another with you if it helps. But Finnegan got farted in the face. Yeah, Christian Finnegan, he told a story about getting farted in his face. Yeah. Yeah. While he was 69 uh, it, it was more of like uh, there's. I, 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 honestly, I don't really remember the exact context. We've had some really, he had really friends gross over, ones. and the friends were like making out, and they wanted to get That's him right. and his girlfriend to kind of maybe do like a four way, like a group sex thing. And the yeah. girl went over to crawl over Finnegan to grab something, and she farted in his face, and then he told him to leave and shit like that. They went but, home crying or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if I'm but I mean, top maybe that. you I and mean, Brad Williams were like in a three-way. You got jizz in your eye, you know, as some story like that. I, I don't know, you know. Boy, Nick assumes you, you do everything. Look at you guys just closing things out. On such a highbrow note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, what we're all about here. Classy comedy. I just, I just saw such a window into Nick's just like daily Google searches. By the way, like dwarf cum shot. Click. Oh, I already searched that, dude. <laughs> Oh, man, I got the first time he's asked it in comedy context, yeah. though. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, all right. Since I know my mom won't listen to this. Um, no one will. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I, I can dude. like I, I can edit it and just like boost it, boost the post, and then everybody <laughs> can watch it. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I'm just uh, no, you're not. But um, and that's why He's that's not. why I respect you. Um, yeah. Let's see. I think you know I did I did um, a weird story. Um, I was at was in Austin, Texas, and I was open Bobby Lee. And I, uh, this is, this is back in the day when, you know, you're willing to take a, uh, uh, you know, an hour cab ride away from where you're staying to go try to get laid. (laughs) And, um, and I remember getting to this girl's place and she was having like a little bit of a house party Yeah, and roommates were there and, um, and, you know, just seemed like a fun hang. And I was like, there was no Uber. So I was like, it's like, you know, what, 2010, 11. And I was, uh, I was like, oh, I'll get a cab back. Maybe she'll take me back. We all get fucked up. It's four or five in the morning. Her and I start having fun in the, uh, um, in the kitchen. And everyone's uh-huh. passed out. And then um, all of a sudden I hear a babe. And I was like. I know that wasn't for me. <laughs> and uh, and she goes, oh, fuck. And I was like, well, who's that, your dad? And she's like, not exactly. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, um, so I grabbed my shit and booked it and uh, got chased uh, down the street of their fucking apartment complex uh, by apparently her guy and yeah. his buddy. And... Oh, and man, I don't think you truly know what you're capable of physically until you, uh, until you just, I mean, hightail it. By the way, I left my shoes. So <laughs> I don't know why they came off, by the way. I was in the kitchen. Like, you can definitely keep your shoes on if you're doing what we were doing in the kitchen. Yeah. The, um, but, uh, but they were off. And so I booked it barefooted. And, uh, and man, it was, it was the closest I think I felt outside of a car that i was like oh i'm gonna die like <laughs> yeah I, the, the guy's buddy was the guy himself uh, you know but again it's 5 a.m dude you're coming off of a you know a some heavy petting and so you're starting to like you're thinking that like your 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 brain is not in go mode as far <laughs> as like survival defend yourself and his buddy looked like the type of guy that was just like if I don't fucking kill somebody before 6 a.m., dude, this this weekend was a watch, you know? So uh, so I was hightailing it, and uh, and then they just finally just stopped. And then, I mean, I must have walked for a while, got somewhere, called Bobby. He had uh, the club come get me. And, yeah. Uh, so that well, was – If you think about it – That's know, the first one that came to mind. It was pretty scary. Fucking losing your shoes probably made you run faster, so – it was probably a good time, and you like. You'd think, shoes. yeah. You, you'd think. I like I, that. That's what you pulled from that story. Yeah, right. yeah, I, yeah. I gotta wonder what the what happened when they got back to the house because obviously the girl had you there at her house, knowing full well that him and his friends were there asleep. I wonder how that went after after you ran away. You know, like well, no, they can't. They like they, the other the, the door, so they yeah, weren't yeah, there. They, they came. Oh, there was no sign yeah. of. Oh, and also. But also, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I would like to think that, I mean, I don't know, man. He was throwing the babe word around and she freaked out. So that, <laughs> to me, seems like they'd probably been together longer than a month. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and so, but just all random people and friends. And I mean, I didn't, you know, 
summed it up. It's one of those like house parties that you're just kind of like mixing it up with a handful of people, but not really getting anywhere socially yeah. other than with the person you're trying to uh, get to know. And so, uh, yeah, man, that was those are those kind of stories and moments that you only feel like you hear about in movies or. You know, just the whole like slipping out the window, falling off the roof. Right. You know, yeah. Your she tosses your pants and shirt and fucking jean shorts out the, uh, <laughs> you know, out the fucking window, and you put them together, and the guys out there like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah. So uh, it was crazy just to be a part of that, and that was that was kind of. I remember Bobby telling the story. He just laughed and like. <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude. He's like, this is why I don't drink, and I don't. He's like, he's like, you could have just stayed with me. We went, we went to Maggiano's. We had a nice fucking caprese salad. You could have just gone home and jerked off like I did. I was like, right. <laughs> I didn't ask what you were what you were doing, but he, Bobby, always. He, he, remember one time he would always hold gigs above my head. So like we were in uh, Miami, and he was like, he, I told him I hate oysters. He's like, you got to eat twenty oysters, or I'm not taking you to San Jose, Phoenix, and Seattle. And I was like, God yeah. damn it, man! I'm like, Come on. He's like, you got to do it. So he had like six and was just about to throw up. And then he's just crying. All right, all right, you don't have to do it anymore. But uh, I remember one time too, he won, I think he won maybe $10,000 at the uh, casino at the Hard Rock in Fort Lauderdale. Just and I was like slot think, machines? And I was, yeah, and I was yeah. gone with a, with, a, with a gal. And he needed his, he didn't have his ID. So he needed me to run over real quick and sit down and act like I – Got, I was me, so yeah. I could cash in. So they came over and they fucking they couldn't cash his chips in. And man, was he pissed! And oh, he was like, oh, "Fucking!" Dude. And after that, he was like, "You're never leaving my side again." When we when we do gigs like this, is fucking, he was so pissed. <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of person I would be in his position if I was at that level oh, yeah. and had some money and some gigs to throw around. I would totally be making my friends, you know, like Nick. I'd totally be making you eat gross things or. You know, just doing embarrassing stuff and like, do you want to open or what? You know, I'd do it. That's exactly who I would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm little totally Bobby would. Lee over here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you gotta, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, why shouldn't you think about that stuff already? <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason to. But no, but you for real. Just, for real. No, dude. There is. There is. You want to? I mean, dude. I when Bobby treated me so well, paid for everything, gave me extra cash, and like, I feel like I do. You know. Uh, a really solid job of of taking care of my openers and that's only because i saw how it was done by a true pro and that's yeah. you know and everyone says that who's who's open for bobby of how you know sweet and kind he is and how how well he does it and that's that's what you should do you know yeah i mean look if you're only making 1500 a weekend you shouldn't be buying steak dinners every weekend for everybody but i mean i try to always like you know take the host and, and my opener and whoever else that we've been kicking with out for, for something uh, yeah. and, and do fun stuff, you know, it's 1500 for a week and not good or no, it is, <laughs> depending on where you're at. No, it's oh, fine. I mean, it's, no. I, that's what I was doing when I started and that's like a good, I mean, shit's, I mean, if they're money and you're getting 1500 and yeah. you're, they pay for your flight and hotel, then walking home with that, you know, yeah. uh, and whatever else you sell in merch. So, uh, but I'm just saying like, if you're, you know, when I was making that, you know, it, uh, you know, if I wanted to bring an opener, some clubs, uh, would have their a own. lot of them when you're starting out, well, they would have their own. So they, they go, well, if you want to bring them, then you got to bring them out. They go, we'll put them up, but you have to get the flight. So, yeah. so if that's between three to $400 for a flight for your opener, and then you're taking people out to a dinner too. All of a sudden, you've taken six hundred bucks out of oh, your fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, and that's why. Uh, but Bobby was was making cash, so he 
he was like fucking panini for everybody, you know, <laughs> just uh, good old Bobby just Lee painting the town. Oh, Dude, yeah, well, the thank you so much. I, I'm sure that you've got some other things that you need to get to. We've we've yeah. taken a lot more of your time. Yeah, it's all good. Have we done? Did we do? No, it's fine. I wanted to get. I want to make sure we did it right and got you the full time. Is that is that good? Yeah, no, that's, yeah, good. yeah that's, that's fucking awesome. You. So I mean, you probably won't be hearing from me anymore, which is you know, <laughs> sad. But, but you we'll, know. we'll tag you that's and we'll true. let you know not when it's up. You know. Yeah. Once we'll hopefully get another show Yeah. Told whoever was that got me out there that I was like it'd be. Um, do a few like actually promoted shows if I'm home for a, a Friday Saturday out there. I bet. I mean, shit. That that little spot could hold what? Like what? Maybe sixty, seventy people. Just in that, in that little side, area, yeah. on that side, yeah. And they've got the main stage area also. I mean, you could probably get a couple hundred people, people in there, there if it was promoted the right yeah. way. And yeah. we know those yeah. guys too. So if you want help setting up a real show there, I'd love to help you. Make yeah, that let's happen. do that. Let's do that. Yeah. And you guys, yeah, you guys can jump on and all that. Yeah, we'll Sweet. figure that out. Uh, let's quickly talk about your tattoos. I'm at the point where I am possibly wanting to get maybe a little, uh, I don't know, maybe a little sleeve or maybe a little like something here just to fucking cover up the lack of triceps, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's um, what I did, so yeah. So what, yeah. what, you, what uh, do you, yeah, because I feel like you don't have any tattoos at all. Zippo. Yeah, uh, Nick, was that a real fucking sentence, dude? Yeah, yeah I don't, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have any tattoos. I said I'm thinking about getting one, <laughs> so if you could... Fucking dude, did you eat a bong before you fucking sat uh, down with us tonight? No, this this is just me. <laughs> he doesn't even yeah. like use weed because he can't for his job. So this is just Nick, and you've picked up on oh, the no. dynamic with him quickly. Yeah. Everybody does, so yeah. it's okay. It's all right. They usually That's think the worst things to be stereotyped for, you know. Yes. <laughs> uh, what did you want to know about the tattoos? Well, I just want to know like the any sort of uh, significance or what what was the thought process in getting in making your selections because right now i don't want to go with the standard like mom or you know i almost drunkenly when i was in bloomington indiana once doing a um, a club that was there for like three months i met this couple uh who were swingers but they wanted to get they wanted to open up their tattoo parlor at 3 a.m and get uh i wanted my niece's names above my chest and they were going to do it at three in the morning and i'm calling my buddies or he called me and he's like, where are you going? I go, I just met the swinger couple. They're going to open that tattoo parlor. I'm going to get my niece's names on my chest. He goes, no, you're not. I go, you're right. Thanks for calling. It's fucked up because uh, I have my daughter's name on my chest. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, but that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't, but that's your daughter. That's like, you know, you know, I don't want to, I want something more as a, you know, if I get kids, I'll for sure probably go that route. But what's a cool thing I can do as a, as like an uncle, fucking, it's not uh, just. Like so, fucking stand-up comedy for life, you know. Just put that on it. So, I'll, I'll give you the rundown on my hat sleeve, yeah. which isn't done yet. It's it's kind of hard to see, but it's a thorn bush. And um, the the quick version is um, when when you meet someone for the first time, it's really easy to put on your best face and you know just show them your petals, if you will. You know, like the 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 top of the rose, all the nice bits. You just want people to like you and see the nice things about you, the good things. But everyone has the thorns underneath that they like to hide until you really get to know them and you discover the shit. So I literally tattooed my arm with a thorn bush to remind myself, like, be real at all times. doesn't matter if people like you or not as long as you are who you really are. And that's kind of the significance with that one. That's a really good story. I love yeah. that. It's a little too genuine right now. Wow, dude. <laughs> He's fucking... <laughs> 
What if I just started crying? <laughs> I mean, that would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, that was deep. That was way more profound than I thought you were going to uh, come at me with. But that, well, but this I one's that. just a Captain America shield. So there's 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 a variance. See, that's of what I'm looking meaning. for, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got one serious one for the world, and you got the fucking meat. This is what I call a meat tattoo, right? You yeah, got that yeah. for you. Yep. Yep. Um, it, it hurt like all right. a bitch. I, I mean, like you the, could get a spider the, uh, web elbow tattoo wrist. like everybody else does. Yeah. No. Uh, Wolverine Universal Studios. Maybe get a fucking, uh, maybe get a Wolverine clock there. There it is. Right? Yeah. Yep. That's there it. it is. But then people are going to think that I, they're going to be like, oh, you fucking love X-Men. I'm like, no, nah, I just played one at a theme park and got harassed by <laughs> fat Latino women. Um, <laughs> well, like, people right. can identify with that. I, I, I yeah, you're think. right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Well, dude, well, cool. thank you they so look, much. Look good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course, dude. This was a blast. Good luck to you guys. Yeah. Um, you're, and to you're you too. It. You're doing yeah, ALN without good. Brad now, and uh, I, I hope you're able to, to still keep that going, and uh, we love that show yeah, as well. Check yeah, that dude, out. Also, great. check out for – oh, thanks, Dad. You're going to great, dude. You're going to fucking make it way up there. Okay, you're not Nick, even shut at up. the peak. Nick, yet. shut up. There's, uh, <laughs> there's, uh, you can also check out Fourth and Forever, which is my sports comedy podcast with Mark Sanchez. And okay. my album, Read the, Read the Room, is uh, out on Spotify and iTunes. And I'm going to be in a new cartoon with um, the guys who uh, created Robot Chicken um, uh, are coming out with a uh, new show that I'm a, a voice on. It's called Crossing Swords. It's like a filthy medieval time show, but it's all yes! animation. And it's me, uh, Seth Green, Tony Hale, Breckenmeyer. Um, and uh, it'll be on Hulu. I think it comes out June 5th. Oh, nice. oh that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, man. Oh, I can't um, wait for that. That's awesome. What's the name of that one again? Yeah. Crossing Swords? Cross, crossing Swords, yeah. Okay. It's really fucking funny. So, yeah. Yeah, so everyone right, check fellas. that out. Adam, thank you so much for hey, doing our show yeah. today. Wash your hands, wash your butt. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Be especially good. around Nick. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. it. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take it easy, All man. Right. Thank you. Thanks, All right. Dude. See you, fellas. I'll see you soon. Yeah. You mean shenanigans? No! Oh. You're talking about shenanigans, right?